Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. 
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 16th of November. You know what that means. Bad news for other podcasts. Good to have you aboard. Got a lot going on here today. Yes, we're right smack in the middle of the week. It's Wednesday, but we're helping you get through the week. Glad to have you here with us wherever you're listening. Spotify, Apple, uh, that that's iTunes. I uh, get people confused sometimes. Google, iHeart. I can't list them all, all right? You guys are listening everywhere, and I love you a long time, all right? So keep listening, download, subscribe, like, rate, comment, all that good stuff. You know the algorithm. I don't know how the algorithm works. But the algorithm loves that kind of stuff, so you make sure you do everything you need to do. We're in the middle of week number three of Zaslow Show 2.0. 
Got a great show planned for everybody today. Joining us today, coming up, we're going to talk to the television voice of the Miami Heat. Eric Reed is going to join us. That's right. We're getting all the regular cast of characters guests back on Zaslow Show 2.0 that we used to have. So, getting more and more comfortable. Our pal Eric Reed will make his return slash debut to Zaslow Show 2.0. So, hit not, and I'm talking to Eric Reed, television voice of the Heat, not the former midday host from 798. I don't know what he's doing, all right? Television voice of the Miami Heat, Eric Reed will join us. By the way, Eric had a great final call. Heat Suns finished the other day. Cameron Payne with the miss, Butler with the block, Booker then with the miss. Great final call by Eric Reed. Really good job there. I'll tell him that right to his face. So Eric will join us coming up in a little bit. How about Joy Taylor? Joy Taylor will join us. She will make her return slash debut to Zaslow Show 2.0. So she will join us. That's right. We're going to double up. We're going to have two guests on the show today. So Joy will be on the show a little bit later on here as well. And hey, nice little treat for you people out there. You know, Joy, Joy's my former co-host. Everybody knows that I love that girl. All right. I'm not where I am today without Joy. And she's a regular on the show. But that's on the phone. And now, now you get the guests. You know, unless for some reason they got something going on. Like, for instance, we had we had Travis Wingfield from the Miami Dolphins Drive Time Podcast on with us a couple days ago. He, was, he wasn't in a place where he could be on camera. I think he was in his car, you know? So, okay, you don't want any accidents. Zaslow Show 2.0 is not that important. They need to get to an accident while you're on with me. So, he was not on the camera on Zoom. That's fine, but we're going to have almost all the guests will be joining us, you know, with the Zoom camera. So, you love hearing from Joy on Zaslow Show 2.0. How about now you get to see Joy? Everybody calm down. Everybody yeah, settle down. Take it easy. So you'll be able to see Joy now. She will be on the show coming up a little bit later here today. So first up, though, Panthers last night. Yes. You think I'm trying to lose back-to-back games at home? You think I need that in my life? No. So the Panthers win last night. Five to two. They beat the Washington Capitals. Cap- see, you had to win that game if you're the Panthers. Nine, six, and one now. It's a respectable record. You know, if you were to drop to 8-7-1, I'm so pissed off. 9-6-1's respectable. Okay. You know, they've won three of their last four games. Uh, on this homestand now, they're off to a nice start on the homestand. They're 2-1 and one on the homestand. You got two more games, and you had to win that game yesterday because Washington is struggling right now. And the final two games, beginning with tomorrow night against Dallas, Dallas, and then Saturday against Calgary, Jonathan Uberdo's return. That's a fun one. I'm looking forward to seeing the reception. It's going to be a great reception, and I'm looking forward to him getting the, uh, again, the reception that he deserves. But Dallas and Calgary are both really good. So you had to win that game last night. Give yourself a chance to finish the homestand really strong. And the Panthers, for the most part, played really well. I went to the game with... My son, my younger son, Jordan, he's 11, loves the Panthers now. It's, he's at a fun age now where, see, my older one has always loved sports. My older one have been taking a sporting event since he was three or four. Like, my older one loves sports. The younger one, not as much. But he's really getting into sports now and loves hockey. And it just shows you, and I, look, I've been saying this my whole life. Maybe you don't love hockey, but you go to an NHL game live, 
you go to a hockey game live, and you're not really sure if you like hockey, but you go to a hockey game live, that's that's how you get hooked. It's such a great live sport. And thanks to the Panthers for setting me up last night. My son and I, we went to the game. It's the third game we've been to so far this year. Second in a row. So we're going to a bunch of games. That's that's the benefit. I mean, the benefit. That's the benefit of not having a job anymore. Though, uh, that's the benefit to not doing the Heat games anymore is, A, if they're playing at the same time as the Heat, okay, I can record the Heat game. I'm not against that. And I'll go to the Panther game. Uh, the arena is very close to me. I live in Cooper. I, everybody knows I run Cooper City. Everybody knows that. And on a night like last night where the Panthers are playing in the Heat or not, you know, in the past, you know, the Heat are playing Monday, Wednesday. The Panthers are playing on the Tuesday right in between. I don't necessarily want to be out three nights in a row, you know? But now, yeah, I'll go to the Panther game. So I love being able to do that now. And especially, I just like going to games with my kids, which, you know, I, I, I couldn't do. As, I, I'd never done for a Heat game. I'm looking forward to doing that again. I went for I went to a Heat game for the first time ever with my older son earlier this season. First time ever, you know? I'd been doing the Heat broadcast for 12 years, and my older son is almost 14. We had never been to a Heat game together. Crazy, right? So my younger son, he's really taken, you know, he's he's taken a, a, a liking to, to hockey, to the Panthers. Really likes the Panthers. And so what happens is, so we're at the game last night. And, and like I said, Panthers, they, they played really well for the most part. They, the Capitals really dominated the third. Bobrovsky was excellent last night. And then you got a huge goal from Nick Cousins. The score was 3-2. Cousins makes it, uh, well, actually, it was 2-1. We then go up 3-1 with the goal from Cousins, which was huge because the Capitals were, were really dominating that third period. Then it's 3-2. 4-2, Verhage gets the goal. Then he gets an empty netter. 5-2, boom, Panthers win. So... Really good game. Anyway, because my son is is just starting to gain a love for, for hockey and for the Panthers in particular, I spend a lot of the game explaining to him. And, and not just explaining the rules. Offside, referee, only, you know, there's four officials out there. Only the two with the armbands are referees. And the referee, when he holds up his hand, that means he's calling a penalty. This is called the power play. This is called the penalty kill. If, if you're on the penalty kill and you score, that's a shorthanded goal. So I'm explaining all that kind of stuff. But I, I also, and, and I love it. I really like being able to do that. And I'm also, what I really like is explaining the subculture to him. What does that mean? I like explaining the subculture of hockey to him. And what that means is, you know, at one point you had Sasha Barkov, who was in the middle of a scrum, which never happens, had his helmet off and everything. He's on the ice, bear hugging a guy. And I, to I told my son, like, oh, shit, that guy's in trouble. That the guy who's messing with Barkov. Here's what's going to happen next. You see the butcher over there? Number seven, Radko Gudis. He's going to take a run at that guy when he gets a chance. Uh, and my son's like, why? Why is he going to do that? I go, well, because you, you, you don't mess with the best player like that. You know, Barkov is a big guy, but he, he doesn't get into fights, you know, scuffles and stuff like that. So if you're messing with the team's best player, 
the you know enforcer is going to come in and he's going to do something about it. what's he going to do? I go, well, you, you know, he, he may take a run. What, what does that mean? Is is he going to is he going to punch him? I go, oh, no, you send him a good body check if he's got the chance. You know, not during this power play here, which the Panthers scored on, but he's you know he gets the opportunity. He's when's he going to do it? Well, I don't know. They got to be on the ice at the same time. And so why is he going to do that, though? Well, because you got to protect your best player. That type of stuff, the subculture stuff in hockey that only exists in hockey, I love explaining that to him. And he says, and then he's asking me, how does it happen when players fight? Now, there were no fights last night. I feel like fights are kind of down in the NHL. Like, have have there been any fights during Panther games? I mean, there have to be, you know, but I'm not remembering very many fights so far this year with the Panthers. So he's saying to me, you know, how does it happen with a fight? And I go, he goes, he goes, does one guy just go up to the other and say, hey, you want to fight? And I look at him and go, that's exactly how it happens. And he he was stunned because he was just kind of saying it like an offhand remark. Do you just say, hey, do you want to fight? And yeah, that's exactly how it goes. You know, the, the one guy skates up to you. Like, you know, now he's got a reason to fight. All right. The one guy skates up to him and, and, and my son says, says, hey, you just want to fight? And I go, yeah. He goes up to him. They get tangled up. He says, hey, man, let's fight. And their guy says, okay. And they drop the gloves. And then they fight. He couldn't believe it. That's how, that's how it happens. And, and so then he said to me, he goes, what happens if the one guy doesn't want to fight? And he says, no. I go, well, then he's a sissy. And like, then he's, you know, he's, he's, he's being a sissy. Because he's not accepting the challenge, you know? So I love explaining the subculture hockey stuff to him. And and at one point in the game last night, we were sitting on the shoot one side. My son always wants to sit the shoot twice side. Who doesn't? We were sitting on the shoot one side in the corner, like 14 rows up. Couple right in front. They're wearing their Panther jerseys too. Couple right in front of us. And and, and I'm very like I'm very courteous of other people in general. I don't want to bother anybody. And so I'm not trying to be loud or anything when I'm explaining. And at one point, the couple turns around and the guy like gives me a fist and goes, I love the commentary. I'm learning so much right now. And I'm like, oh, he goes, he, like, he was wearing a Panther jersey. He goes, I, this is my first ever game. And the girl he was with, girlfriend, wife, I don't know. She She's a, like a big hockey girl. She's uh, an expert, but he doesn't know anything. He's just learning, you know? And he says, I'm learning everything from you right now. I love the commentary. I'm like, oh, he's learning also. You know, I'm trying. And I said, I hope hope I'm not being obnoxious. I hope I'm not bothering you. I don't want to be annoying, you know? He's like, no, no, I love it. You know, that was pretty cool. So I'm giving commentary for everybody around, even though I'm trying to be really quiet. But that was pretty cool. I don't want to bother people when I'm at the game. So speaking of which, that was cool. Oh, my goodness. From the get-go of the game, we had this one woman. She's like two or three rows above us. I mean, she's into the Panthers. It's cool that she's into the game, but every time down the ice, get him, send it up, hit him, let's go, come on. Pat. Like it's, You can yell this stuff as loud as you want. It ain't changing anything. Like, number one, they can't hear you. And it's just the, and I say you get excited, whatever, but the whole game with the yelling, oh my God, it's obnoxious, right? It was, I mean, shit to the Panthers. I, so I like that part. That's cool and everything. 
But my God, the entire game. And my son turns to me and I turn to him like, oh my God, the whole game? Really? We're doing this all game long? But I try and be really courteous to people around me. So I like that guy in front of me. He he was cool with me doing, now I'm doing commentary. Although I guess I kind of was. But you know, I'm explaining, the, this is the line. This is the first line, the second line, the third line. They all go in and out together. And then the defensemen, you know, they're in pairings. Two, two, two. They all try and stay together the whole game, you know. So guy in front of me was learning. My son next to me was learning. I'm telling you, it, hockey games are so good live, man. So great time last night. At the Panthers game. Panthers win 5-2. They play again tomorrow. You got the Heat tonight. The Heat are in Toronto. And they're looking for what will be four. Yeah, four in a row. So, of course, tonight you got Heat basketball back on the road in Toronto. uh, Against a very good Raptor team who's very banged up. Okay, but a a Raptor team that I always find is very similar to us. Uh, Really good fundamentally, plays good defense, plays really hard. Always a really tough game when we play the Raptors. So tonight, the Heat looking for a fourth consecutive win. And joining us here for the first time on Zaslow Show 2.0. So his return slash debut on the show is the television voice of the Heat, Eric Reed. How about this, Eric? You know, you've been coming on my show for years. And now we get face to face. It's very different now, right? Yeah, I'm happy for you, Zaz. It's it's good to hear your voice and and to be able to see you. And I'm just glad you're you you found another way to reconnect with your your loyal uh, group of of followers and listeners. Thanks, I appreciate it very much. I want to tell you, uh, and I mentioned this earlier in the show today. Your your final call, the game against Phoenix. Great final call. I mean, you were you were on fire. It was a great last possession. You know, uh, you were on fire that final call. Like, do you, do you? I don't know. I mean, you've been doing it for so long, but when the game's over like that, do you say to yourself, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm really happy with that final call. Not really. Uh, not until you, you, you see it and hear it back. Um, and, you know, that's what I love about the job so much, Zaz. I've been, I've been announcing basketball games. It's my 46th consecutive year. Uh, I, start, I started my career when I was a junior in college uh, at Ithaca College doing Cornell University's games, and I've been blessed that I haven't missed a season since that year. And um, so it's the same thing over and over again, but every game is different. And, you know, with all the preparation you do, and I spend hours for each game, and it's really so secondary to the live event you're about to cover and and the spontaneous actions that take place each and every night. And you can't plan for it. It's when you trust your instincts and do it. But what was so special about that Phoenix games as five lead changes in a 63 second span in the final minute 38 of that game, it was playoff like uh, the whole game, but especially the end played at an extremely high level. And to see it end with a defensive stop, how heat-like is that? And, you know, if you ever wanted, if you ever needed a refresher in how valuable, how important, and how great a player Jimmy Butler is, keep watching that last sequence over and over again. The, the, to see him dig in in his defensive stance against Devin Booker, a guy that Coach Spolster called a surgeon who can carve apart your defense. He made some impossible shots going down the stretch. But Jimmy's defense, not once, but twice in the closing seconds, was phenomenal. Did it without fouling. Um, Did it to one of the great players in in the game offensively. So it was a great way to end it. 
Um, I was happy with the call when when I when I watch it back, but you you just never know. But the, for as a play by play guy, you you live for and enjoy moments like that. The the block by Butler there, I thought was very reminiscent of the Chris Bosh block on Danny Green in Game Six because yes, there was some contact, but they allow you contact on jumpers like that when you're coming down with all ball. And it was, I thought it was a very similar play there. I mean, you know, thank God the referee swallowed the whistle in that spot, you know? You know, I know Monty Williams was upset that his team only got four free throw attempts. I, yeah. you know, I, I did a little bit, a little bit of work this morning on that. The Heat are committing the fifth fewest fouls in the NBA this year. They are allowing the fewest free throw attempts in the league. They give up under 20 free throw attempts. So uh, that wasn't an outlier. Miami's been keeping teams off the line. And, and you know, listen, we, we, we saw Charlotte come in and Steve Clifford bemoaning the fact that his team did not have does, – does not yet possess the discipline to defend without fouling. And, John, it's so deflating when, you, when you're playing good defense and then you – you 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 bail the other team out with a foul. So the discipline to defend the way the Heat do without fouling—that's a well-coached, defensive-minded team. So it's not a fluke. Listen, it's funny. Jackson and I were on the plane coming out here yesterday. Jackson was putting together a list of his top five block shots in Heat history. <laughs> I, I would, you know, we both agreed Bam's block on Tatum's dunk in the conference finals—that that might be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to favor Bosch's incredible closeout, the, the greatest playoff closeout I've ever seen when he literally tracked the inbounds pass across the court, closed out on Danny Green, saving the Ray Allen game uh, and preserving a, a finals win. And and to see a block shot win a game, you know, as, as a Heat fan, you 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 just love that. That's 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 what Heat Nation has been used to. That's what this team prides itself on. And as many points as the Heat have scored in this three-game win streak, 120 a game, to win it with a defensive play at the moment of truth, that is so very Heat and so very much Jimmy Butler. I thought that game was a real uh, – was a good example of – I mean, you could say Heat culture. I know people outside Heat culture don't like hearing it over and over again. But I, I thought it was a good example of the way this team – functions the way they operate where you saw look it's a regular season game number 14 in the middle of November and you saw Jimmy Butler and Spo embrace after the game super excited about the win and if you don't think that Eric Spolstra knows that they need these wins right now game number 14 of the season Eric he played eight guys an eight man rotation played eight guys like this team goes out there to win every game. There's no doubt about that. They played eight, seven of them scored in double figures. Um, you know, it was an important game, Zaz, because, you know, the Heat just played 10 of their first 14 at home. And to, to enter this stretch with eight of the next 10 on the road, um, that would have hurt. That would have stung. Um, so it was an important win, uh, but in the NBA, you, you don't hold on to wins or losses very long. It, it's on to the next game. And, and you know, yeah, I looked at it today. You know, Miami right now 10th in the East, but Jonathan, 3 through 10, separated by two games. I, I have the feeling that it's going to be that congested and competitive the whole season. And you see how many close games we've played. You know, nine of the uh, – I have it in my notes here – 11 of the 14 games by eight points or less, six decided by five or less, 
five games already decided by three points or less. I don't think that's going away, Zaz. It's a balanced competitive league, and we, we got a whole season of, of nail-biters and edge-of-seat games coming our way. Now, Tyler is not on the trip, um, but something that I do think is worth keeping an eye on whenever the time comes that he returns, and Tyler's been playing great. I mean, leading the team in scoring, leading the team in field goal attempts, but one of the things I think is going to be interesting to see how they reintegrate him uh, this team, it's been like this for a couple years, Eric. They're at their best when it's the sum of their parts, when everybody's contributing, when you don't know who the leading scorer is going to be. I mean, Jimmy had 16 the other night. Bam was the main guy. Uh, the game before that, Struess had 31. Gabe Vincent had 20 off the bench. This team is at their best when you don't know who's going to be the main guy. And Tyler's got the ball in his hands a lot when he's out there. And you don't want the ball to stick, you know? You need Like, this team's ball movement the last several years is what makes them such a potent offensive team. So I feel like the coach needs to find a balance there where Tyler can still be, you know, a dynamic offensive player, but making sure that the ball doesn't stick, you know? Well, ball movement is so important. You know, how, you know it's such a three-point driven league. But how do you get quality threes? I don't think it's off the dribble in isolation basketball. I think it's off driving kick and, and swinging the ball and also paint touches. Listen, it's complicated. Tyler Hero is clearly one of the Heat's most highly skilled players. Um, you know, so when, when Coach Spolster, and I talked with Eric about this early in the season as he's putting together his starting group and his rotation, you know, what's more important to a head to our head coach when he's doing that? Is it talent? Is it fit? Is it a combination of both? Um, suppose first response to me was the best fit. And whether or not this proves to be the best fit, I think we got a little bit more time, obviously, play out. Um, you know, Tyler and Eric Spolster has gone on record saying this, a high usage player. Um, I think that high usage came very naturally with the second unit. He actually averaged more points and more field goal attempts last year coming off the bench, probably in similar minutes. Um, I think it is a delicate balance uh, with that starting group. <clears throat> we, we're seeing now what Bam Adebayo looks like. Um, you know, this season, it's the best version we've seen of Bam. Um, you want the ball in his hands. Uh, Jimmy Butler's an outstanding initiator, unbelievably unselfish for an all-star caliber player. And Kyle Lowry, you know, it's funny. We had Tim Hardaway back in the Heat's house this past week. They're similar, that both of them cared more about getting their teammates involved initially and then sort of taking inventory on what it takes to win that game and then trying to fill in those blanks. So you got three unselfish, talented players who also need the ball in their hands. It's a delicate balance. Coach Spo, one of the great coaches in the history of the league, and uh, the work never stops. So figuring out that chemistry, how much time do you give it to let them find their way and work at, work it out. And only time will tell, Zaz. And right now, you know, Tyler's not here at the beginning of the trip. He may rejoin the team uh, at some point in, in these next four games. But in the meantime, Max Struess is going to jump in into that starting lineup again, and, and we'll see what happens beginning tonight in Toronto. Do we make anything? I mean, I know you don't know. Do we Do we make anything of, of Vic being on the trip, or, or is it possible he just wants to be around the team right now? It's it's possible. I don't want to read too much into it. I did put him on my game board just in case. Okay. I don't think he. I, listen, my gut says he's not ready to play tonight. 
I'm really hoping that that he gets back. Um, you know, listen, everybody's dealing with injuries. Toronto right now, you know, has yeah. played recently without Siakam and Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr., three of their best players. Um, but the loss of Yurtsevin and Oladipo has impacted the Heat bench a lot. You know, it's hard to say what would have happened. What I do know is that in training camp, Coach Spo spent a lot of time playing Bam and Yurt together. Wow. As small as our team is this year, um, I think that would have been a, a very significant addition and a, and a, and a good different look uh, to have a little bit more size. There are going to be teams that you need that, two of them on this trip in Cleveland and Minnesota. So that that's a loss not having your, even though Deadman in short minutes has, has been effective. In Oladipo, you know, I personally was counting on him to be Hero's replacement as the Heat's sixth man, yep. a, along with Struess. So, yep. um, you know, that's a loss. And I feel badly for Victor. It's been such a long, hard climb for him to get healthy enough to return. Um, I thought he was a real positive factor playing the last few games of last year. Remember his 40-point regular season finale at Orlando? To get thrown into the mix at playoff time, I thought he did well. And after a whole offseason, a healthy offseason, I wasn't expecting all-star Oladipo, but I was expecting and hoping for, you know, an impactful version of Victor Oladipo. And and to have him have a setback, uh, you know, in the other knee, you know, a, a, an overcompensation situation. I just hope he can get back, not only for, for, for the team, but for Victor Oladipo himself. He, wa- he wants to get back there and play. And uh, I, th- I think we're all rooting for him to be able to do that. You guys did a great job the other night with, uh, with Tim, with you guys there in your uh... – uh, in the radio setup, Tim Hardaway and you guys honored him on Saturday nights for for being inducted to the Hall of Fame. How about that? Now every every banner that is every jersey that is retired in the arena uh, has the little Hall of Fame insignia on the bottom, except one guy, the best player in franchise history, Dwayne Wade. He's the only one so far, only one yet. I mean, I think we're uh, uh, a year away, maybe. He's the only one who does not have. The, the Hall of Fame insignia yet. It'll be there soon. But I, I, I thought you guys did a great job with Tim Hardaway, by the way, who, who does not look like he has aged a single day. All right. He looks exactly the same. And I I was texting Karate while you guys were talking with him. And you then brought it up, though. Uh, or maybe maybe Tim did the, the game six in New York in 97. And I, I everybody always thinks about Zoe lining up for that three. With with two minutes left, I, I think we were up by four, maybe. He hits it, you go up by seven. Those games back then, Eric, you're up by seven, you may as well be up by 30. Uh, he hits the three-pointer, they go up by seven. And in the middle of that crowd at the Garden, Eric, where he's yelling obscenities at the New York crowd going into the timeout, Alonzo, it's one of my all-time favorite moments. I was glad he brought that up. Yeah, me too. Uh, listen, you, you can't talk to Tim Hardaway and not have the subject of heat Knicks, uh, you know, not come up. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that and that we talked about it. Um, you see, you know, listen, it's been, this is our 35th year of, as a franchise and I've been working as a, as a heat broadcaster for all of them. So there's been a, so many calls and some you remember more than others. And I've seen that one replayed, you know, so many times. And it's probably one of my most embarrassing calls that I've ever made because when he released, when Zoe released the three, I said, oh no. And when it went in, I just changed it. I, I went from oh no to oh Zoe. 
and I, I tried to clean it up. Um, Zoe was not a three-point shooter, never was, never will be. Uh, that was a big one. But, you know, the, the, the thing about, listen, you, when you, in, as a franchise, you must embrace your own tradition and history. Nobody else is going to do that for you. And it, it, it's wonderful to see banners hanging in, in, in the arena of retired players' jerseys. Uh, I think too many teams hold on to the feeling of how it felt when the player left you rather than just hold on to what that player did for you when they were there. Um, Toronto's a perfect example. They had no retired jerseys yet. I mean, you know, when are you going to get over that, you know, Vince Carter left you and Chris Bosh left you, it's, uh, that Kyle Lowry left you. It's what they did when they were there, you know, doing everything they could for you. So I love that that we as a franchise do that. In talking to Tim, and I got to do the interview with him at halftime. It wasn't televised, but we did a halftime interview on the arena floor to the people in, in, the, in the building. That was joyful. And the hug we shared was real. Uh, when, I, when we talked to him in the third quarter, uh, it, it was like stepping back into a time tunnel. We're talking 20 to 25 years ago. And to me, Tim, you said he looked the same. It felt the same talking to him. And so many memories of basketball and life experiences that we shared. Some of them great. Uh, you know, I could think of one that was really painful for me uh, when I was going through a very difficult time and and what players like Tim Hardaway and Zoe did for me and meant to me at that time. And and some of that came back and all the all the emotions of of those first contending teams and how important Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning were in building the foundation of a championship mindset and culture. That's when it began. Um, the year after Pat Riley got here, uh, the trade for Alonzo Mourning, the trade for Tim Hardaway and then PJ and Mash and Marley. And that's when it all began. You know, it, it, there was a lot of playoff frustration back then, but those are the seeds that you must plant. Those painful playoff defeats, especially three losses on your home court in series against the Knicks. But, uh, you know, in Chicago, the, Tim, listen, Tim and Zoe took us to the conference finals for the very first time that 61 win season in 96 97 um if you're old enough to remember that you're gonna you're never gonna forget that season the road warriors uh you know how tough that tough-minded that team was it was a different time and a different era but it did set the stage for all the success we've enjoyed i was trying to explain to my son when we saw the highlight of zoe hitting that three how out of character that is for a center, for a big man, for Alonzo to shoot a three in that moment. So I said to him, I go, do you want to guess how many three-pointers Alonzo made that regular season? Do you want to take a guess, Eric, how many threes Alonzo had that season? I would say uh, two. One. <laughs> One. One. Like, that's how crazy it was back then. That, that's why Eric Reed says, oh, no, Ozo. He was one for nine that regular season <laughs> shooting threes. It was such a different game. Uh, Eric, this was great. Really excellent. Listen, we've had a lot, Zaz, we've had a lot of great game six wins on the road. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the first one. You know, down 3-2, playing without P.J. Brown. One of those games that we'll, we'll, we'll never forget. Yeah, it was and definitely at that point, because that was only year number nine, I think it was eight or I think it was year number nine. You'd never been in an atmosphere as hostile as that. It must have been crazy. 
Well, it was, you know, listen, the intensity of that rivalry, you can't explain that to anybody. If you weren't around back then, um, what you missed from 97 through 2000, those four straight playoff clashes, it was the best rivalry in the NBA for those four years. Uh, Listen, I grew up in, in New York. Uh, my first lifetime in the NBA was as a fan. You know, listen, I, when I see pictures of you and your son at a hockey or a basketball game, when whenever I see a father and son or a father and daughter, whatever it is, uh, it brings me back to the beginning for me. That's how I started. I, I was fortunate to have a, a, a beautiful dad who, you know, took me to my first football game when I was in my, my baby carriage. Uh, I was at Super Bowl three, Jets and Colts at the Orange Bowl in Miami when I was 11. Uh, uh, less than a year later, I was at game seven when the Knicks won their first championship beating, uh, Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, and and that team with, with the Lakers. I grew up, uh, in Madison square garden. As a matter of fact, I found a picture at at a sports memorabilia store by accident years ago, maybe 25 years, I don't, long time ago. And it was a shot of Dave DeBusher, the late Knicks, great power forward shooting, uh, Taking a shot in that picture is Oscar Robertson and and Kareem with the Bucks, Earl Monroe and DeBusher in the picture for the Knicks. But the shot is from behind DeBusher. So you see the basket and you see the, the fans sitting behind the basket. My dad's season tickets were seven or eight rows back behind the basket. I mean, at that time, it was like $8 a ticket, which was very expensive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And. There's not a time that I don't go back to Madison Square Garden for a Heat Knicks game that I do not go back and sit in those seats for at least five or ten minutes and and, and say thank you to my my dad passed away the year before I got the job with the Miami Heat a long time ago, but uh, I grew up in that building um, and it's special to go back there and uh, to it's it's even more special to win there and the Heat have had a lot of great victories and a lot of great moments in that building so it it's super meaningful to our franchise and it's extra meaningful to me terrific job Eric really great uh tell everybody how they can catch you tonight obviously you and John and and your whole crew there in Toronto Zaz we we miss you not on the heat radio broadcast uh but uh you know what there are a lot of exit and and there are a lot of exit ramps in this business and in life uh, I'm glad you're back on the highway of success um your voice is important. Your passion for the heat, appreciated. And uh, nice to hook up with you this morning. Thanks, Eric. We'll be watching you tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, S. Great job by Eric Reed there, of course. That was really good stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Let's see. So heat tonight, heat and Raptors tonight at 7.30. So, you know, those guys will get you going at 7. And Miami looking for a fourth consecutive win. I mean, you heard Eric there. They've been without Siakam. I think Gary Trent Jr. is questionable. He may be out. Uh, but Siakam's out tonight. Precious Achua's out tonight. Very shorthanded Raptor team, but but a team that always gives the Heat troubles. This will not be an easy game tonight. And uh, no Tyler Hero on the trip. Victor Oladipo is on the trip. I don't expect him to play. Just like Eric, he, he wasn't expecting it. But I, I, I think it's more about him wanting to be around the team. Anyway, you do have a few other notable games in the league tonight. Tonight's a good slate. All right. Wednesday, you always got a ton of teams playing on Wednesday because Thursday is usually only two, max three games because of TNT. So you usually have a really good slate Wednesday. Wednesday's always a busy night in the NBA. You also got Cleveland at Milwaukee. That's a game you want to keep an eye on. Cavs are 8-5. and five, Bucks are 10-3. and three. Boston at Atlanta. Celtics are 11-3. and three. Hawks 9-5. and five. I'm interested in that game. 
And Golden State at Phoenix, I'm interested in too. Suns are 8-5. and five. Chris Paul's been out. The Suns have lost four of their last six games now, including a couple of nights ago to the Heat. And Golden State is 6-8. and eight. They are 0-7 on the road. So does that snap tonight? My, I, I don't know. I was going to say my guess is they, they get their first road win of the season, but I don't know. I don't know. All right. There's that. Okay. So welcoming aboard for the first time, her, her date. That's how I say it about everyone. Debut slash return to Zaslow show 2.0. Cause it's kind of like in the middle. I don't know. It's a debut, but it's also a return. And of course, uh, one of my favorite girls in the whole wide world is Joy Taylor, who is out there on the West Coast. Hello, Joy. How are you? What's up, Zazlo? Zazlo 2.0? Zazlo Show 2.0. Are you telling all your friends? I am. I share your stuff like every day, as I'm sure you see. Uh, I'm very proud of you. And uh, you're doing a great job. And I love that picture uh, of me right behind you. It's like over your right, right, Right here? Shoulder. Am I pointing to it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's uh you're you're we're with i think we're with dolph ziggler from wwe i think that's let me see yeah yeah that's who's in the picture Is with us it? dolph ziggler yeah oh i thought that was i thought that was uh i thought that was my last day on the show i do remember that show the the one with dolph no i actually don't have the picture the last day on the show which i i yeah i don't have it up here it's a great picture uh do you still have it i, th- I think i framed it for you right yeah, yeah, I still have it. And then the picture behind your head is hilarious, too. That was from uh, Humiliation Pool, which uh, Levitard show notoriously stole. Yes, I had to mow the lawn at Slim's house that day. <laughs> That's right. We You had to do, yeah, so for, for folks who are watching Zazzle Show 2.0 right now, watching for joy, all right, uh, we used to do Humiliation Pool, which, yes, Levitard show totally stole from us, all right? Their wheel of death. We had a wheel of humiliation, all right? And and for folks who aren't aware, aware 790 Ticket, RIP, great station, RIP. Uh, we were both on the station at the same time, Zaslow and Joy and the Dan Levitard Show, and they straight up stole humiliation pool. They call it the bucket of death. They have a, a, a it's, it's exactly what we were doing. And you used to have to, you had to wash our cars wearing Daisy Dukes one time. You had to uh, you had to mow the lawn of one of our producers, but it's a great picture. This one right here, it's a really nice it picture, is. right? It's it's very cute. I had to mow the lawn. I had to dress up like a cowboy. I think I had to dress up in a gown for work one day. I had to get f- slapped in the face with the fish. Yeah, I slapped. I got, so hard. It was awful. I had scales on my face. I had to get, I got shot with by a, a paintball gun by John yeah. Crotty. Yeah. And uh, what else did I have to do? There were, there were quite a few of them, but yeah, we, we were the originators of the humiliation pool. Uh, and I think, I think we did it better from us. If I must say so myself, if I remember Sue Gotts came on and told us that they were straight up sealing our bit. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we had to eat it and we did, but it was a, it was a good time. ESPN has stolen a bunch of my stuff over the years. They, they, they think that, see, they, ESPN thinks they're slick. All right. Because I do big deal, not a big deal. When you call your segment, is it a big deal or not a big deal? That's the same thing. You don't get to add, is it at the start and expect me not to notice. That's the same thing. Well, we have a saying in the business, nothing is new. 
And we all just kind of steal bits from each other and like pretend that we're not doing it. But that one was uh, was pretty notorious because they absolutely did steal it and, and called and Stugat called and said, yeah, we're stealing it. <laughs> I, I better I better not I better not see anyone on television do a segment called Big Game or Not a Big Game. I'm gonna be freaking pissed. I mean, <laughs> no, but and Big Movie, Not a Big Movie. You better not steal Big Movie, Not a Big Movie. At least not without asking me. Nobody better do that. Uh, so hey, I want to hear about Speak FS1 Speak every day, four thirty to six p.m. Uh, listen, the, the other guys in the show may not want want to hear me say it. you're the star of the show. All right. You're the star of the show. I record it every day. I watch it every day. I don't necessarily watch the whole show, but I de- like I'll start it from the beginning. I watch like the first 20, 30 minutes at least because I want to get a feel of what the big topics are. You know, what's the A block? What's the B block? Um, are You know, you, you left such a successful show. I mean, it's probably the top radio show in the country, Colin Coward. Uh, I, I know you were nervous about leaving. We've talked about this, but have you gotten to a point where you realized, uh, I mean, like what I'm doing right now is so great. It was definitely the right choice. Yeah. I mean, I felt, I felt good about the transition because I had worked with Emmanuel a lot and I knew LaShawn a little bit. I didn't know Dave Howman before we started doing the show, but he's, he's been great. And I was really ready to take the next step in my career and, and, you know, really step into that full-time opinionist role, which as you know, it was always my goal from the very beginning of my career. And yeah, it's scary. Like you said, to leave a show that has, you know, the audience that the herd has the support that Colin's given me and, you know, something that I've done for three years, but it's been great. And the response has been overwhelmingly positive, which, for anything that you do in today's world is a bonus if you just have a little bit more positive than negative. And I feel like the, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And Colin was super supportive of it, which also made the transition uh, very easy as well. Do you get nervous or it's no big deal? No, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but like, I just, whenever I'm prepared for something, I don't get nervous. The only time I get nervous is when someone throws something at me and I'm like, I I don't know what we're doing here. Like, I don't want to say something crazy or speak out of turn. But as far as like being on TV or any of that, I, I don't I don't get nervous anymore. And really, like the only thing to be nervous about is if you don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, I'm never in that space. I like getting nervous before. Now, I, I don't get nervous a ton, but whenever I do get nervous, I like getting nervous. It means that it's like important to me and it also helps yeah. me concentrate when I'm nervous. Yeah, I mean, I don't, for the first show, for sure, uh, for the first week, you know, it was obviously hyper-focused because we were doing a show that we'd never actually even done before. Like the whole format was was different than we've ever done before as well. So definitely like the first show, the first time I was on Heard, the first time I did Undisputed, anything that's new, uh, you get nervous initially, but now, you know, doing the show, you get into a routine. And are the guys nice to you? Are they treating you well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great hang. We have a, we have a really fun pre-show meeting. We usually start with like some random topic that has nothing to do with the show. Um, and that kind of loosens everybody up, but they're, they're great to work with. We're all around, you know, the same age too. So we share a lot of, you know, cultural references and, um, while we all kind of have different points of views on something, we're all on some things. We're all, you know, very respectful communicators. So even when things 
things get heated, there's always a way to kind of bring some levity to conversations. So they've, they've all been great to work with. And they're, yes, they're all nice to me. <laughs> Do you love LA? I've gotten used to LA, I think. Um, it's kind of hard to really love a place where you don't have any family. So I think that's probably been the one thing that's made LA not really feel like home. Like Miami feels like home to me. You know, my two brothers are there, my mom and um, Pittsburgh, obviously, is a is a place that feels like home as well, you know, a place I grew up. But, you know, I've been in L.A. for almost seven years yeah. and it's still kind of feels like the place I work. I mean, it's an amazing city. It's definitely worst places you could be. It's beautiful. The beaches are amazing. It's sunny every day. It's perfect weather. There's a million things to do, a million restaurants and shows. And like, it's it's a great place to live. I think just the disconnect for me has always been that there's no, I don't have a family here. How, uh, how, yeah, of course. How great is it that, you know, you just started this show and I would imagine every day you do a segment on the dolphins. It is great. It's pretty crazy. I still like, I obviously have a lot of dolphins fans in my life and I, I was just talking to, um, to, to Rick the other day, you know, Rick, Dr. Rick. And I was like, I, it's really wild to me that for so many years, I said, I don't think I'll see a Dolphins Super Bowl in my lifetime. Right. Right. Like we used to say that, like, like, we, like we will not see a Dolphins Super Bowl in my lifetime. And now I'm like, no, they're legitimately the best team in the league, the best team in the AFC. And we talk about them every day. And they have a legitimate chance this year. Like that's, it's almost like shell shock to me because I've been watching this team for 25 years and, you know, obviously have a deep emotional connection to the team, but I've also been through so many years where like you get excited about something and it's disappointment for one reason or another. And I, it's almost like a, um, I'm like traumatized to believe that it's, it's actually real. If that makes sense. Like it's, I think for people who haven't, been fans of the team for very long maybe they don't understand where i'm coming from when i'm like this is really amazing what's happening with the dolphins like they've turned they've really turned it around even from the beginning of the year like it came into the year came into this year with scandal the owner was suspended this beginning of this year yeah i think mike mcdaniel i think we're kind of glossing over like the two story is amazing and i'm really happy for him and i'm happy the dolphins fans finally have a franchise quarterback that they can like get excited about and back and feel great about the other side of it to me though is Mike McDaniel has done really something unprecedented when you talk about coaching for the Miami Dolphins like let's just go over the coaches that have been in Miami just just say over the last like 15 years all the turnover all the ridiculous moves just disappointment after disappointment and chaos and front office mess. And it's like Mike McDaniel has come in, made an environment where Tua feels comfortable and confident, worked with the front office in a way that it really feels like there's no drama going on. And there's great people that work in the Miami Dolphins front office. Being able to collaborate with everyone, run an organization that has like a culture and has a has a Miami energy, like doesn't come in and it feels like we're trying to be something other than what Miami is. It's incredible. And and for him to do that in his first year, I, I, I don't think is a small thing. 
I sent my buddy a text message late in the game on Sunday afternoon when we were kicking the shit out of the Browns. And this is the first time I have ever sent this text message. First time in my life because, you know, texting only became a thing like around 03-ish, 04. You know, texting hasn't been around for really 20 years even. So this is literally the first time I have ever sent this text. It was with a question mark at the end of it. And the, te- and the question was, Dolphins winning the Super Bowl? And that's the first time in my life that I've ever sent that text message. That's how long it's been since the Dolphins have been a legit, tech, a, a legit contender. Text messaging didn't exist. <laughs> I know. And I think that that's, I think that's kind of overlooked because... And and I also think that's part of the reason why a lot of uh, Dolphins fans are, and rightfully so, very, very cocky, but confused as to why a lot of the national media is not fully leaning in. As like, it's, they haven't won a playoff game in 22 years. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's no small thing that we are now actual real contenders. And like, there's, there's Dolphins fans who are watching this, the, this team who weren't alive the last time that the Dolphins won a playoff game. Right. Like I, I was, I was 10 years old when I started watching the, the Dolphins. I'm, I'm, I'm 35, maybe 36 years old. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an amazing thing. I'm really happy for, for Dolphins fans who have ate a lot of shit over the years um, and been very loyal and, and gotten dragged publicly in, in the national media for not being good fans, not showing up. Um, and none of that is true. And um, it, I just I think it's great. And what we're experiencing right now, Joy, and I've talked about this this week, is, you know, when I was growing up, we only had football. We had the Dolphins and Hurricanes. And then in, in 1988, we had a basketball team. And then by the end of 94, we had a hockey and a baseball team. But for the very early stages of my childhood, we only had football. So obviously, it was a football town for many, many, many years. It has not been that for a really long time. It has without a doubt been a basketball town. But now, this year, for folks who have never experienced it, you're you're seeing and you're feeling what it feels like down here when football is the biggest thing. And this is the first time that I have I have felt this in over 20 years. Yeah, because the NFL is the biggest sport in the country. So we love our heat, you know, and we love our basketball, but the NFL is king. So to be able to not only have a team you're excited about, but a team that's winning, like it's not just like, oh, we're really excited about this one player and want to see what they develop into or whatever. Like they're winning. They're they're winning against big teams. They're winning in different ways. And it, like that that's something that you can't fabricate. Like we've tried, <laughs> we've tried to talk ourselves into a couple different versions of the Miami Dolphins over the years that we could get excited about. And this one is actually legit. And um, like, yeah, if it's, it's, like if they're playing experience. like this, Joy, if they're playing like this, going into the playoffs and hosting not, not just a first round game, but you know, right now they're second in the AFC. So they would actually host two playoff games. And if we go into the playoffs, like where we are right now, it's, I mean, this town is going to be ape shit. It's going to be, it's going to be like we've never seen before. 
Like it's going to feel like whatever would have felt like if there were social media when Marino had the season he threw for almost 5,000 yards. Like that's what it's going to feel like. Yeah, a hundred percent. And Dolphins fans should feel like that is coming. The Dolphins are the, to, to me, they're the best team in the AFC. Like obviously the Chiefs have a better record and that's because Tua was hurt. Um, but, and, and, you know, I think you have to, I think you have to give the chiefs, um, a little bit of grace that they've, you know, won a super bowl and Patrick Mahomes has won an MVP and yeah. like, you know, they're, they're, they're perennial contenders, but you look around the rest of the AFC, it's a lot of questions. Like Buffalo is at the current moments collapsing. I like, can say whatever you want about how, how great they are. And like, I, I thought Josh Allen was going to win the MVP. But I think that's off the table now. There's no, table. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a chance he can. You come can't back have the MVP. three straight poor games and be in the MVP conversation. Can't do it. Poor, poor. They have been a, abysmal. The yeah. last three, his last three games have been abysmal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it is a legitimate conversation to say that the Dolphins are the best or second best team in the AFC. And when you look at the NFC, you should feel really good about that because I think even even the Eagles, who who I still have a lot of respect for, um, people have a lot of questions about the Eagles. I, I don't as much. Like the Commanders had a nice nice game, really had a good game plan, and were able to run the ball. Uh, like outside of the Eagles, I don't trust any team in the NFC. So really, whoever is going to come out of the AFC will probably be the team that I think will win the Super Bowl. You know, obviously, it's a long time from now, so we'll see how it plays out, but. The Dolphins have a legitimate chance to go very, very far this year, and it's great. You know, obviously, when we found out about all the Brady stuff that Stephen Ross wanted Brady a few years ago, I'd be like, yeah, that had been so amazing. Brady won the Super Bowl in Tampa. He could have done it here. Uh, I don't know what would have happened. It would have been amazing if the Dolphins had Brady. We're all thinking when that news came out. But now you think about it, it's like, it's so much better when it's your guy. That's the quarterback when it's your guy leading the team and not, and you're not like renting a Lamborghini for a couple years, you know? No, it's, it's look, a, a lot of the conversation around Tua started with the organization for whatever reason, not backing him from day one. It's, it's been the most, one of the most fascinating things that, that I've watched in the NFL over the past few years. And obviously I had a lot of questions about Tua um, and wasn't sure if he was the guy going into this season. And he has absolutely stepped up and a, a lot of things have come into, into play with that. But he rode through all the waves of the organization trying to replace him three different times. It's so much better that Tua is the guy, yep. the guy that the Dolphins drafted that they have now built around and is now taking the team to the next level. Such a different then, experience. Then, then especially, I mean, obviously I was wildly against the Deshaun Watson trade and, and I mean, good on Tua for s- sitting up there every single week and having to answer questions great about kid. that potential move. Yeah. I mean, he's so much better than me because there's no way I would have been able to do that. But the Tom Brady thing, like Tom Brady was beating our ass year after year after year and now to come in the same division to come now and be winning with this team it, it would not feel the same like nope. would Dolphins fans appreciate the wins of course like we love winning and that would have been great but the fact that it's Tua the fact that he's drafted here the fact that the team and the fan base 
it adores him and he is a Miami Dolphin yeah. is so much cooler. Joy, have you seen Black Panther Wakanda forever? I will tell you, one of the things I miss the most about doing the show with you about Zazlo and Joy is our movie and television tastes are the same. So I was able to talk about all that stuff with you. We we used to watch all the same shows and all the same movies. I miss that. Have you seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever? I am seeing it tomorrow night. I couldn't oh. this weekend because I had oh. a bunch of uh, sports lined up. But I'm seeing it tomorrow night. I have my tickets. I'm very excited. I have it's heard phenomenal. amazing things. Phenomenal. And thankfully, through a lot of strategic operating, I have avoided any uh, spoilers. Good. So knock on wood, that will continue. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to see it tomorrow night and I'm very excited. What TV show? I'll leave you with this, Joy. What TV show are you watching right now? Are you binging any shows? So obviously I watched uh, House of Dragon, um, what a which show. is amazing. What a show. So glad it's back. And uh, I, I really didn't have another show that I was working on. So I needed a show to start binging. And I chose Succession. Oh, and what a great choice. I'm so jealous of you because like, I wish that I have never seen Succession so I could go back and watch it for the first time. That it, it is, it's the best show on TV. It's, um, it's an incredible, incredible show. It's really, really good. And I, I love when I make these choices because then I get to I just binge it. Yeah. And I'm I, like, I, I get to experience it. And then I catch up to like the new season and just, it's like, like, it's just so, it's so great. As Are I, you all I, the way through it? To wait. No, I'm like very early in. I'm still in the first season. It's, so it, it's, it I, is. It's an incredible show and it just keeps getting better. And you know, I love villains. Like villains are my, my, well, I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's, they're my favorite part of any show because that's what makes a show compelling is, is being able to like root against something happening. And for whatever reason, villains tend to have so much more depth to their characters. So I like, I love well, their villains are goal oriented, essentially. And so, like, to, to me, Cersei was the best character in all Game of Thrones. Like, she, she was the longest lasting. She, 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 she crushed everybody and had her completely unrelatable moments and then, like, very relatable moments. Well, and it's and, what, you know, Killmonger in Black Panther, the first movie, an incredible villain because, like, he's completely goal-oriented. He says the things that he wants to do, and you're kind of like, yeah, it kind of makes sense to me. I think I'd do the same thing. <laughs> Right. So I, right. So I love villains. And I mean, the, the dad in succession is just brilliant. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all, how it all plays out. And I think it was, it was one of my better decisions this year. That's great. That's <laughs> great. Uh, joy, excellent job. 430 FS1 speak, uh, Emmanuel Acho, LaShawn McCoy, Dave Hellman. See, I remember his name this time. Emmanuel's. Emmanuel's very, very popular with, with Dolphin fans. Yeah, he They like Emmanuel Tua. more than me. Yeah, he loves Tua. He loves Tua. Uh, great job, Joy. Anything else that, that you can plug? What else you got? Um, no, I'm going to the SEC championship game. Mason is going to be playing for LSU in, 
in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. So uh, maybe I'll come on with you after that. I'm very excited. I got to tell you that. real quick, because we, we only got, you only got another minute here. I got to tell you real quick. After the game where your nephew caught the winning two-point conversion, they beat Alabama. It was the same night that Miami got their shit kicked in by FSU. And your brother, obviously, you know, he's, he's at the game or whatever he's doing with the Canes, so he can't see it. And, and then someone must have told him right after the game, hey, this is what happened. You're not going to believe it. I mean, your brother must have said to himself, you know what, I... I fucking quit this job. Like, I, I, I got to get out of here. How can I, I mean, I missed that for this for 45 to three. I missed this. He, I mean, he must have wanted to quit. <laughs> you know, Dave Hyde wrote an amazing article about Jason's experience finding out that Mason did that. Oh, I got to check uh, that out. Okay. You, you, you got to read it if, if you're one. It'll, it'll answer the question directly. Obviously, okay. he, you know, enjoys coaching, must but it's, it's a, it's a no, but it's it's a great it's a great um it's a great article. So definitely go read that. I, I was crying like a baby. Yeah. I was I was at, I had to go to the bar to watch the game because Isaiah was playing for Arizona and the UM FSU game was on and the LSU game LSU Alabama. So I'm like I can't watch this at home. I only have so many screens. So I went to the bar and had it all in front of me, all three games, and I was obnoxious. Amazing. Like I forgot, sort of forgot what that experience was like. Cause obviously watching Jason for all the, all those years playing for the dolphins, it gets different when it's your family member. Like you care about the team obviously, and you follow the team and you're passionate about it. But like the wins and losses mean a lot more when you're rooting for your family member. And like being a fan without that, I've had that experience for a long time as well. Obviously Jason's been retired for quite some time, but like, the, the the highs and lows of that now with my nephews playing I'm like oh I forgot what the stress is like yep. like <laughs> it's, it's like it's like back in my body again um but it was it was really great to watch him watch him do that I mean that's a special moment that's something you remember forever beating Alabama so it, it was awesome great job Joy uh this was a lot of fun we'll have you back did you enjoy Zazzo Show 2.0 it's a fun experience it's very good I like it and it's different than uh than old Zazzo Show so it's better. Thanks, Joy. Uh, you're killing it out there. Big star. We're very, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And uh, Dolphins fans, I still love you. Uh, even though you give me a hard time every day, I'm very excited about what's happening this year. And um, yeah, I, uh, I'm encouraging people, uh, if they want to go, to book their tickets for Arizona now. Just book a, book a Book your hotels and such because it's it's going to fill up quickly. Unbelievable. Uh, tell Alex Korea say hello, right? <laughs> I will. Uh, Bye, Zaz. All right, really fun show today. Really good job. So how about that? We we did a we did a little double dip. Whenever you have two guests on a show, that's called a double dip. Everybody knows that. So Eric and Joy, great job. How about Joy? I told you that'd be a little treat for everybody. You guys love Joy, pretty girl. Usually, well, every other time before today, not usually, every other time, we get her on the phone. Now, you guys can watch. If you're watching right now on the YouTube channel, hey, if you're listening on the podcast, you also go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show. Very easy. And if you were listening to Joy just now, you could also see her. She's a pretty girl. So you go onto the YouTube page there again, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show. You know what time it is. Let's do some big deal, not a big deal. All right, so every show, we wrap up with big deal or not a big deal. First up, last night, the Brooklyn 
Nets. I, what a what a disaster this team is. I love it so much. I love rooting against them. And just when it looked like things were starting to go in the right direction for the Brooklyn Nets, they go on a road trip where they lose to the pitiful Lakers. And last night they give up 153 points to the Sacramento Kings. Who, by the way, we know whenever you're thinking of like a lousy team in sports, you always go to Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, we saw it. They beat the Heat. Sacramento Kings, not bad. 7-6 and six now. The Nets dropped to 6-9. and nine. The Nets gave up 100, not overtime, not double overtime, not triple overtime, 153 points they allowed to the Sacramento Kings last night. That's a big deal because this team sucks, and I love to see it. Kyrie Irving has missed his seventh consecutive game now due to suspension. Not sure when he's coming back. I hope he never comes back. They should have kicked him out of the league. I hate that guy. So the Nets giving up 153. That's a big deal. And Ben Simmons, he comes off the bench now. Ben Simmons is a total non-factor. He is a role player at best. He had 11 points off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets last night. Uh, Look, you know I'm not a fan of KD. I mean, a fan of his game, obviously. Not a fan of KD overall. He's not a winning player. He can't, you know, he could be your best player, of course, but he, with him as your best player, with him as the top guy, with him as the leader, you don't win anything. 11 years not playing for the Golden State Warriors. He's been to one final. Never won anything. When he is the guy, you can't win. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his game, of course, but not a fan of him overall. I feel a little bit bad. I do. He he really does deserve. Does he deserve? Well, now you're also gonna say he deserves better. He doesn't deserve better. He chose this. He chose that dope Kyrie Irving. It's a big deal. He does not deserve better. All right, number two, Matthew Kachuk, Florida Panthers star, three point night last night. He had three assists. His second assist was his four hundredth career point. That's a big deal. Matthew Kachuk, he's he's been everything the Panthers have wanted him to be. He gets in the scoring column. He gets you assists. He does all the nasty, dirty, gritty stuff right in front of the goalie. I love him. Matthew Kachuk tallying his 400th career point. That's a big deal. How about Lindsay Lowen? You remember Lindsay Lowen? She is back. She is in a Christmas movie on Netflix. It's called Falling for Christmas. I will very likely watch this movie with my wife, but also, I love Lindsay Lohan. Mean Girls, low-key, one of my favorite movies. And you guys out there listening, Zazzle, I can't believe you just said that. You're with me. You know it's true. Mean Girls is so funny. Lindsay Lohan has been like a persona non grata in Hollywood forever now. I don't know, what was so, like, was she hard to work with? What was so bad about her? But anyway, she's back in a Netflix movie. I'm going big deal. I like looking at Lindsay Lohan. Whatever. And finally, I got one more for you here. So the Phoenix Suns were in town a couple of nights ago. You know, tonight the Heat have the Raptors. Phoenix Suns were in town a couple of nights ago. And, you know, as as, as one of my followers, you can hit me up, J on Instagram. I'm an influencer, but I, I still get back to everybody. Come on, I love you guys. And you can also hit me up at Zaslow Show on Twitter. And and one of the Zaslow Show 2.0 listeners, uh, he, he messaged me before the Phoenix game. said, Zaz, one of your all-time favorite things in sports might happen because the Phoenix Suns were in town. One of your favorite things in sports might happen when a player gets traded and he just has to go from one locker room to the next locker room because you're traded to that team. You know, That's a great listener. He knows what I love. I love when a player is traded to the team that they're playing against and he just has to take his stuff and go down the hall to a new locker. I love that. 
And the idea was Jay Crowder, Phoenix Suns. Is, could could the Heat trade for Jay Crowder while the Suns are in town? Now, Jay Crowder's not with the team right now because he's like, uh, he's just like, he doesn't want to play for them anymore. So, I, man, that must have been a really bad fallout. It, it really is one of the weirder stories in the NBA. It doesn't make sense. But I heard that what the because the Phoenix Suns are obviously trying to trade him. What the Phoenix Suns want from the Heat for him is they want Max Struess. Now, obviously, the contracts don't line up there, so you'd have to give up something else, I suppose. So I'm not really sure how you make that work. I think the Heat would love to trade Duncan Robinson for Jay Crowder. I I think both parties benefit from that. Certainly the Heat do. I think the Suns would also. You'd essentially be getting Duncan Robinson for nothing because right now Jay Crowder's not playing for you. But if I'm the Heat, I'm not giving up Max Struess in a deal for Jay Crowder. Number one, I don't think Jay Crowder's the savior. All right. And number two, I want the Heat to keep Max Struess long term. I don't want Max Struess to go anywhere. I think Max Struess is more valuable to this team right now than Jay, Jay Crowder would be to this team. Uh, I think Caleb Martin's doing a fine job starting next to Bam at a bio. Like, would I rather, essentially, what it is, would I rather have Max Struess and Caleb Martin? Because if you get Jay Crowder, Caleb Martin goes to the bench. So the way that I would look at it is, would I rather have Max Struess and Caleb Martin? Or would I rather have Jay Crowder? I, I'd, I'd rather stick with what we got going right now. I'd like them to get Jay Crowder, but I'm not giving up Max Struess. So that trade offer there is not a big deal because I don't think the Heat are going to go for anything like that. And that right there is another addition. Big deal, not a big deal. Great job by everybody involved in putting together the show today. I appreciate everybody's hard work. Thanks again, of course, Hollywood Joy Taylor, Eric Reed. What a guest list today. Great job. You got Heat basketball tonight. You got AEW Dynamite tonight. Number one contenders tournament rolls on. I'm going to be locked into that. That'll be on small TV in the Zaslow Mansion family room. While the Heat are on the big TV, you know my style. Uh, hey, also, I'll tell you what else is my style. If you're involved in any kind of accident, you got any kind of personal injury going on, my guys at Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. I'm going to look back years from now. Zaslow Show 2.0 is going to be successful, and I'm going to point right at Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys who believed in me from day number one. Title sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0 from day number one. And you're my friend if you're listening right now. And I take care of all my friends. So if you're dealing with any kind of an injury, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys, you get an attorney on the phone right away. They'll help you take care of everything you don't need to be worrying about because you're injured. Let them take care of everything else. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. We'll talk to you guys on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.
You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes. Let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.